Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to the Schools of Excellence podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, Today is all about stop getting caught up in the fairness game. We're going to be talking about why treating all employees fairly can actually hurt your business. Um, We're really going to explore the common myth about treating all employees the same way is the best approach for your company. And instead, we're really going to dive into understanding the case around treating each employee differently based on their individual strengths and weaknesses actually helps your business thrive. Um, Too many people get caught up in the fairness game and being fair to all your employees can actually be really unfair. So the idea of treating all employees fairly equally has been considered the best approach for companies. However, it's a really common myth because I want to challenge this notion by really highlighting how treating each employee differently based on their strengths and weaknesses can actually help businesses thrive. What happens is, is that when you go into this pursuit of fairness, it's actually a futile pursuit because there's always differences in employees and how they perceive their treatment um, and how they want to be treated. And when you try to treat everyone the same, you lead to a lot of unfair outcomes, particularly in scenarios where employees have vastly different skill sets, vastly different levels of experience, job responsibilities, all of these things. Okay. So fairness in the workplace refers to an aspect of organizational justice, if you will, with regards to both processes and outcomes. And what happens a lot of times is leaders confuse being fair or treating everyone equally instead of equitably. And there's a very big difference. So fairness in the workplace, where it kind of come from, is it, we want to contribute to a sense of employees' safety, psychological safety, with them feeling engaged inside of the workplace. And fair workplace environments ensure that the management of the professionals on your team and the way that people are led and managed 
is appropriate, right? There's appropriate, you know, disciplinary action for employees when necessary. There's appropriate praise. There's rewards. Like we're really trying to create this fairness, but, but it's not, but it, it doesn't work. Okay. Because what happens is people are different. They are. And they need to be treated differently. And when we try to be fair, what we're actually doing is people-pleasing. And I'm going to walk you through what that looks like. So when we start to shift our mindset from fairness to more equitable work environments and discerning work environments, um, and if you're new to the podcast and you have not heard my podcast series on The Bridge to Excellence, one of the episodes is on discernment. Highly recommend going to check that out because discerning leadership is what you're really looking for versus fair leadership. And I use air quotes because it's not fair. So what do we want to do instead? Okay, instead of being fair, what do we want to do instead? Well, the first thing is you want to develop the strengths of the team. You want each member of your team to maximize their job performance. Okay, when you see and treat each person as an individual, it allows you to help cultivate their strengths, right? They're empowered to their areas of expertise. The reality is, is that everyone excels in different areas and lags in others. And you can help someone, you know, move through a leadership gap. If it's a leadership gap, very different than, you know, this is just not going to be one of their best assets, right? And employees are able to identify their strongest areas will continue to grow and develop specific skills that make them more and more valuable to an organization. So one of the areas that I uh, created a specific assessment for is in the directors in our circle, we created an assessment called the six performance keys. And the six performance keys is a diagnostic tool that directors give their teachers every 90 days. And it, it assesses the six core areas of performance um, to create that, that leaders want to create a teacher of excellence. And what it does over there is the teacher is able to self-assess herself, red, yellow, green status, where she is in this six, these six core areas of leadership and of you know, classroom management. Because this concept, I know people talk about this a lot, but in schools of excellence, this is not something I speak about. I don't speak about A, B, C, D players. Um, I, I just, I, I don't like that term. I don't, I don't think it makes any sense. When someone is an A player, what does that mean? I could be an A player in one area, but be a B player in another area and be a D player in another area, right? So calling me an A player or calling me a D player completely destroys all the nuance that there is to me as a person. And even though you never call the person that to their face, the way that you speak about people in your office behind closed doors is part of culture. And calling someone an A player does not take into context so many different aspects of who they are as an individual, okay? And so this is why I created the six performance keys because the six performance keys takes the nuance of an individual teacher and says, okay, you're red in this area, you're yellow here, and you're green in these three areas. So let's do some coaching in the red area to bring it to yellow. That's fair, right? This is equitable coaching. This is creating a culture of excellence. It's creating an environment where, okay, 
You know, I'm not God's gift to humanity, but I do have amazing talents. I do have amazing skills and strengths that I can contribute to this organization. And I want to get better. These are the areas that I'm amazing at. Here's why I could become even better. Calling people A players, B players, C players, D players takes away their humanity. It takes away so many components of what it means to be a human, having this, you know, human experience inside of your organization. The other angle that we want to look at, and and by the way, for those that are interested in understanding what the six performance keys, what the six keys are, all of that is available in our director's inner circle. So if you're interested in that, you could definitely fill out an application. Link is always in the show notes. You can find more information inside over there. So another component of understanding how to build a more discerning work environment, becoming more of a discerning leader is really understanding how to create stronger professional relationships for staff. Okay. We don't live in this cookie cutter world. People are tired of feeling like a digital code instead of a real person. They want real relationships and real relationships require you to assess a person's humanity, assess a person's humanity. So I want to tell you a story. Okay. About Lisa. Lisa is one of our directors in our program. And Lisa was leading a group of 30 teachers. That's how many teachers she was responsible for in her center. And she was really struggling with team accountability. Um, Specifically, she was struggling with punctuality. And she had one of her teachers was a single mom of two young kids. And this mom was really struggling with coming on time in the mornings. And so we're on a coaching call together. And I was like, okay, so, you know, what's the problem you're trying to solve? And she's like, well, I don't know what to do because the teacher came to me and she's like, hey, you know, can I stay after because my mom who lives nearby, she can actually help me out with my young kids after she finishes work in the afternoons. And then, you know, I could come a little bit later, but I could stay later. And so Lisa, the director, really wanted to create more of a flexible work schedule so the teacher could start later and then she would be the closer, right? She would essentially close out the building. But she's like agonizing over around the call because she's like, it's not fair. And I'm like, what's not fair? And she's, she argues, she's like, well, all the teachers are also going to want the same thing. They're also going to want to come later. And it's not fair for me to just give it to her. And I said, are you playing the fairness game or are you playing the people pleasing game? Because when we're going in to solve a problem, we need to understand the game that you're trying to play here. Because I don't think you're even trying to play a fairness game right now, which is a futile pursuit either way. Um, But we need clarity on the game you're playing because I actually think you're playing a people-pleasing game. The people-pleasing game is you're afraid that the other staff are going to be mad at you and they're not going to like you that you gave this teacher this flexible schedule. You are far less concerned with how fair this is and you are way more concerned with how people are going to perceive you. And she was quiet and then she nodded and she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like I am, I am more concerned than that. And I said, do you believe this is a yes or no question? Okay. And so for those of you that are listening, driving the car, I want you to answer the question out loud. Okay. Do you believe it is unfair for a single mom who is a phenomenal teacher to have flexibility in her work schedule where she can arrive a little bit later and stay later to close the building? Do you believe it is unfair to give her that? It's a yes or no question. Okay. Now, 
she so the director said it is fair i think it's very fair i said great so what you're more concerned about is not about is it fair what you're more concerned about is how do i present this to her or how do i present this to the team so that people don't feel like i'm treating her better or she's getting preferential treatment or whatever it is that's what you're more concerned about which means again you are playing the people pleasing game you are not playing the fairness game okay so this happens so often on coaching calls where i'm talking to directors and i'm like here's what I need to tell you, sweetheart. Like you, you're actually not playing a fairness game. You're actually not trying to play this like super, like amazing equitable card of like, I'm a really fair leader. Like, I think it's important to treat everyone the same. I'm like, you're not even playing that game. That's your cover up for your people pleasing. You actually are so unbelievably concerned with what everyone thinks about you. And you're covering it with, I need to be fair. Stop. Say, I, I care about what everyone thinks about me, right? I'm really worried about what everyone thinks about me. And so that's why I don't want to give her this, right? Like, let's actually have a real conversation about what you're worried about, because then I can actually help you and coach you on how to have this conversation with your team. But when you keep saying, I want to be fair, and you actually don't care about fairness, you actually care about people pleasing. It's a totally different conversation. And so if you're listening to this right now, I, I want you to ask yourself that question. Like, do you care about fairness or do you care about people liking you? And I say this again and again and again. If you want people to like you, you need to sell ice cream. You cannot be a leader. You cannot be in this position if you need everyone to like you. You just can't. Okay, Winston Churchill put it in the best possible way. And I'm going to butcher his line, but he, he very simply says, if you have enemies in your life, that's amazing because that means you've stood up for something. You actually stand for something. If you're a leader in a school, you stand for certain values, principles, morals, and ethics and the way things need to be run. And if everyone likes you, um, that's a problem because it means you're actually not standing up for what you need to be standing up for. You're not supposed to have everyone like you. Okay. I know that a lot of us are raised with this concept of like, be nice to everyone. Yeah. I Be nice to everyone. That doesn't equal everyone should like you. I'm very nice to everyone. When I go to the grocery store, I am very, very kind to everyone. When I drive, when I'm, you know, walking down the street, like I'm very nice to people. That doesn't mean that everyone likes my approach to leadership or my content or what I put out into the world nor is everyone supposed to like me. I have no concept that I should be walking around this planet that every single person from the 8 billion people that live in this world should like me, right? There's, there's very few people in this world that I really want to like me. So the reason I went off on that tangent is because we play a fairness card and we actually want the people-pleasing card. So let me tell you another story about Karen. Karen's an owner and she's super generous, kind leader. And she was leading four schools. And she is this one director who was really not performing, really not doing her job well. Um, she was training her. She was coaching her. She couldn't get her up to speed. Meaning anytime she got her up to speed on something, you know, all the other three directors were already light years ahead of her. Like there was just, there was no catching up because she just, she couldn't keep up with the level of excellence that this school was pursuing after. So, I said, Karen, what are your company values? 
So one, she had like these top two values were growth and excellence. I said, okay, does this director, is this director able to practice these company values in the way that you want them to be practiced, growth and excellence? She said, no, like, I think she's in the wrong role. Like, I, I think she'd be really great as an assistant or really great, you know, doing administration. Um, but I don't know that she's good, you know, in the director position. I said, okay, so what is holding you back from doing that transition? She's like, well, it's so not fair. Like, it's not, it's not fair for me to let her go. Like, she's been in this role for such a long time and, you know, she's given so much loyalty to the company. It's not fair. Again, with the fair game. So I said, okay, do you think it's fair for the three other directors who are busting their buns for the school, who are, you know, following your protocol, who are being held accountable? Do you think it's fair to them to see a director not do their job, still be here, still get paid and get a free pass and everything? I said, are you keeping her there because of your fairness in your heart? Like, oh, it's not fair. Or are you keeping her in that role because you don't have capacity and energy and you're tired and you don't want to hire anyone else? So she said the latter. I said, okay, well then let's get out of your fairness game, your fairness pedestal. And now you're going to go be a leader and you're going to go have some difficult conversations with this director. I'm going to help you. I'll walk you through those difficult conversations. I'm going to be here every step of the way. We're going, to, we're going to walk this journey. But stop lying to yourself and telling yourself you're playing a fairness game when the game that you're actually playing is I'm a tired, overworked, energy-depleted, capacity-overload owner that doesn't want to go through the hiring process of replacing this director. So let's go through some strategies here, okay? Because... This conversation, more than anything, is about redefining fairness in your mind. Because the more you try to play the fairness game, the more you're hurting your center. You have to understand the game that you're actually playing, right? And then even if you're like people-pleasing, tired game, um, overwhelmed, overfunction, like what game are you actually playing? Meaning what lens are you actually making this decision from? Um, and then even if you are making it from the goodness of the fairness game, it's still not the right card to play because the card that needs to be played is the discerning leader card. When you try to lead by treating very different people exactly the same, you deny their uniqueness. Okay, I'm going to say this again. This is an article from the Leadership Resource Center. When you try to lead by treating very different people exactly the same, you deny their uniqueness, which often alienates them. No employee wants to feel like an interchangeable corporate part. Employees expect their leaders to recognize their uniqueness. When you violate this, you risk alienating your employees. Okay, so the leader that you want to be, do you want to be a fair leader or do you want to be a discerning leader? Because the discerning leader is the leader who understands that symptoms can look the same, but I need to be treating them very differently. Discerning leaders trust their decision making. Discerning leaders stop obsessing over fairness and they start looking at all the nuance around it to make the best choice in that moment. That's what discerning leaders do. And 
you might be an owner listening to this and saying, yeah, that's what I do. Like I'm a discerning leader. How do I train my directors to stop playing the fairness game? Let them listen to this episode, right? And then have conversation, sit down with your leadership team and ask, like have a conversation in your next L10 or your next daily huddle, whatever you call your, you know, leadership meeting, sit down together and ask yourselves, all of you guys, how obsessed are we with fairness? How many times do we use fairness as a filter for decision-making as opposed to what our real company values are, right? This is what values-based leadership is all about. This is what I spoke about at the live event. This is what we speak about inside of our membership, specifically in our legacy group. Values need to guide decision-making, not fairness. I had 46 leaders at the Summit of Excellence. I asked every single one of them to fill out their top five or six company values before they came to the live event. Not one person had a value of fairness on their top five values. And I have yet to meet a director that has values, that has fairness, excuse me, as one of their top five values. And yet fairness is used as a filter for decision-making, like in the first filter. That's not how we make decisions. Decisions are made values-based decisions. So if you want values-based decisions, you need to know your values. And if your top five values are not fairness, then don't make decisions based on, is it fair? Make decisions on, is this what a growth-minded school does? Is this what a school of excellence does? Is this what a school that values trust does? Is this what a school that values respect does? Is this what a school that values diversity and inclusion does? What does a school who values calmness, peace, slowness? I don't know. What do, what do they do to make decisions? So that's the last thing I want to leave you with here. Stop playing the fairness game. Stop getting cut up in the fairness game because it's not the game you want to be playing. You want to be playing the values game. You want to be playing the decades game. The way you play that is you understand your values and you understand how to make decisions based on company values. And so the common belief that treating all employees equally and giving them this fair treatment, it it has to stop. It has to stop because it's hurting you. It's hurting your staff. It's hurting your reputation. It's hurting your retention. It's making your people exhausted and agonizing over dumb stuff that they shouldn't be agonizing over. Use values-based leadership to guide decision-making, play that game. And if you need guidance and you want support and you want training, coaching, and content on how to play the values game and how to build a school of excellence, then I encourage you and invite you to fill out an application. Our link is in the show notes to our directors in our circle, to our owner's HQ program. And let's see if you're a good fit. Let's guide you and your teams on how to make decisions through company values how to hold people accountable through the lens of your values, how to guide decision-making, how to become a discerning leader, how to trust your decision-making and build that level of confidence. You can do this. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. 
One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.